Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. In today's episode, I got to speak to Millie Marshall, owner of Millie Marshall Fitness, uh, which was voted uh, best gym in Newcastle 2020 in a live poll. In today's episode, we got to speak through some of Millie's challenges around eating disorders, uh, how she got herself out of that, and how she's launched this uh, amazing business that she now has. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for joining us on the Brendan Osborne Podcast. We are on. <laughs> Millie, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. No worries at all. So uh, just before you're talking to Soph, and Soph is uh, our producer doing uh, one of your challenges, uh, what, what's going on with a, your fitness challenge at the moment? Um, so... I um, run an eight-week challenge. We've just we only do probably about two-ish, uh, two to three maybe a year. Um, but with all this COVID stuff happening, it was obviously delayed quite a bit. But um, yeah, so we're running an eight-week challenge at the moment um, with a local nutritionist as well called Georgia Went. Um, kind of focusing on like a more holistic approach to health, which is everything that I base my business around. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, we're doing that and. Um, we're about halfway. We're officially halfway now, so that's pretty cool. Um, and and uh, you're seeing good results with all your people at the moment? Yeah, everyone's absolutely loving it. So that's always a good thing, always yeah. a positive out of it. Awesome. And, and so you've gone for the including a nutritionist, mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah. And, and it's something that not a lot of people do, Yeah. Uh, obviously, because it can like cut down or impact costs as well. Yeah. Um, what was the main reason that you made that come into your plan? Yep. So, um, I, for, for a lot of reasons. So we have a lot of clients. So if I was to manage them all on my own, that's a lot of work. I do try and be very personal with all my clients as well. So it's not kind of that I'll just give them a program and they fend for themselves. I like to do check-ins and stuff as well. Um, and obviously I want a much more holistic approach to health, like I mentioned before. So, um, nutrition is a massive, massive part of, um, health and, um, overall you know results as well like you don't just get results from training in the gym it comes to your diet as well so um I understand that you know I'm a lot more educated in the physical side of things and you've always got to do what you're best at um so obviously nutrition isn't my it's I've yeah, it's not what you. It's not your training. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Not like your education. I, I eat really well. Yeah, I, but that's not what I've studied in. It's that's not, your not my. Yeah, it's not my passion as such. So, yeah. um, George is amazing. Like I use her myself. Um, and yeah, like I'm. I'm also very big on like helping other businesses out as well. Like, um, so yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, so, so just to give people a little bit of context, what we're talking about here, you're, um, you have a, a very successful fitness business at the yeah. moment, which we'll get into in a second. But fitness industry-wise, where, where was your entry point into it? So um, I, I had anorexia about, oh, I don't know the exact years, probably about six years ago now. Um, but my recovery was a lot on the fitness um, getting into health and fitness and um, getting a better relationship with myself and stuff. So my fitness journey started with that. And then along that journey, that just became my absolute passion. So that was like all I could ever focus on and envision for myself. Yep. Um, I wasn't heaps into school like I was until that became what I loved doing. So I actually ended up leaving school and then pursuing my passion with, you know, going to um, do my cert three and four. And then I... Mm -hmm. Um, worked at just a local gym and it kind of just grew from there. 
I've yeah. um, always been someone who didn't actually like to work for anyone else. So that's kind of why I ventured off into my own after a few years. But um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So uh, with the transition from uh, having anorexia and then trying to find yourself out of that with fitness and health, how did that look like? Um, so, sorry, repeat that question. So sorry. from the transition and so I'd just like to dive in a little bit more in terms of like from, from, from having anorexia yeah. and then using the tools of, uh, I guess, the management of exercise and nutrition and looking at it in that way. Can you give us a bit more detail on that part of your journey? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I had anorexia in about year seven. That's when it kind of all started. So that was when my eating disorder started. And that all, I guess, came from I was very, very insecure in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have a lot of self-worth whatsoever. I um, realistically, like, hated myself. Um, So I thought that by getting skinny and, you know, um, looking a certain way that that would make me happy, people would like me, um... I also just moved to Newcastle. So I used to, I grew up in Tamworth. I moved to Newcastle in about year seven. And um, that was, yeah, obviously being the new girl as well. You had a bit of extra eyes on you and yeah, didn't like myself. I was, I wasn't, I was not looking back now, like was not chubby. I was a baby. Um, So yeah, just was very insecure and, you know, being around a beach and stuff, which is all stuff I wasn't used to. Um, Yeah. Just wanted to kind of lose weight um, as we all, that's what the initial goal is but my goal was always just to be skinny it was never you know to be healthy it was just be skinny be skinny be skinny and um on my so that was a very very long process um went on for a few years but to bring myself out of that it was I was hospitalized so I was very 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 sick um pretty much like a walking skeleton Mm -hmm. um but yeah I was put into hospital and um in hospital it, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a quick recovery. Like people think that when you go in a hospital, it's just, yep, they fix you, you eat, you get out. Yep. Um, but anorexia is a mental illness um, and physical is just, you know, aside from that. So um, when I was in hospital, I, I'm a very, the way I kind of like would explain it now is you have to be a very stubborn person to become anorexic. You, there's a lot of discipline involved in that. And yeah. I kind of decided to, in like my, I guess, breakthrough, which wasn't really a breakthrough. Like it wasn't just a one day. Yes, I'm going to be healthy again. Yeah. Um, I said, well, if I can be stubborn enough to get me to this way, I can be stubborn enough to bring myself out of it. So, yeah, um, that's a really great way to think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, it was, yeah, like I said, a very, very, very long process, but I turned more to, yeah, weight training mm-hmm. um, because, you know, like that empowerment that you f- get when you, you know, get stronger and um, take control of your own training and, you know, being able to, yeah, feel empowered when, you, when you're, when you you know, getting stronger each week and, you know, improving each week rather than, you know, running on the treadmill because that's what I was doing. Like I was running and yeah. you can't really improve from that. It's like you run for 30 minutes, cool, that's easy now. So you run for an hour, cool, that's easy. Now you run for two hours. There's kind of no progression. So, um, yeah, coming out of it, I turned a lot to weight training and, yeah, nourishing my body, I guess you could say. Yep. Um, and... Yeah, that was, again, a long process. Like there was a lot of, um, when you overcome like anorexia or any kind of eating disorder, you have a lot of relapses. Like it's not kind of just this linear road where you're just like, yes, I'm healthy, 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 healthy. Like there's a lot of, you do good for a month and then you go backwards for a few months and then you go good. And then, um, so yeah, that was kind of a long process, but it was more so when I got, I, I would say, so 
coming out of anorexia, I was training for a good probably two to three years until I can say that I really did make those steps to be like, okay, now I'm going to be healthy rather than actually have this goal fixated body image where I have to look healthy because yep. looking healthy is very different to being healthy. Absolutely. Um, so I kind of, that's when I did a whole kind of another curve other than being healthy to what society yeah. says is healthy and focused a lot more on my mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when the biggest shift happened. So, yeah. So in those early days, did you have any positive support systems around you or when you started first making steps away uh, from the anorexia, wh who were you reaching out to? Was it trainers? Was it nutritionists? Was it family support? What were some of the uh, things you had going on? So I've, my family is, has always been my rock. Um, yep. When I was going through anorexia, this was another kind of thing that kind of pulled my ass in a gear. Like my family's always been a very, very staple part of my life. I'm a very family oriented person. Um, my dad was living in Tamworth and my little brother as well. Um, my mum was, my mum and dad had actually just split up throughout the anorexia process because it was a huge toll. Like it is, you know, like seeing your daughter pretty much kill herself, like that was pretty talk like you know taxing on the relationship between those two um my sister was doing her hsc you know like i remember when like my little brother had to come visit me in hospital and that was a big kind of wake up call for me as well because like no one should ever have to see their sister you know on her deathbed mm. um from what she did do to herself like yeah. i did do that to myself um but yeah my sister was having a baby like ev there was so many like huge things happening in my family and then I was just another thing on top of the list that was just, you know, breaking everyone. Um, so what was your question again? <laughs> that, that, that's all right. So the support systems? Support system, yeah. So um, I remember when I – so throughout the whole journey, I we used to go camping every year. Um, we always go camping at Christmas time. I was deeply anorexic at that time. I was just in hospital and the ward had to close down over Christmas and so that was pretty much like she can stay in hospital or – you can take her home and watch her eat because we're not going to have any nurses on to watch her eat. So I got let out way too way too early than what I should have, but we went camping um, and my family was all there. And I remember my dad, um, my dad's a very, very important person in my life. And I remember he, never seen him cry before and he broke down and he, um, yeah, he was just crying and he just said like, I, you know, like he was also, he's a skinny. Um, and I remember he like told me how much weight he'd lost by just stressing about me. Mm. Cause it was really hard. Cause he lived so far away. I was living in Newcastle and he was living in Tamworth. And, you know, like as much as at the time, I guess I felt like I didn't have much support, but that's the headspace that you're in. Yeah. I really did have a lot of support from my family. Like yep. my family, my immediate family, I will say like my brothers and my sisters and my mum and dad. Um, yeah. My, my, extended family from that yes they definitely supported me but they're very um I guess stubborn and old school like they didn't understand what anorexia was yeah. that it's not just why don't you just make her eat why don't you just give her maccas on the way home like mm. just make her eat like but it's not that so yeah I think unless it was only really my immediate family that understood so as much as yes you I did have support it was also a lot of not understanding so as much as they tried to be supportive yeah you can't really be supportive when you don't understand i don't know if that makes sense yeah it does and, and it's a thin line for them as well because yeah they're, they're, they're they thought they were doing the right thing yeah and they're um having the feelings of the danger of pushing your way absolutely if any of their decisions or their 
like not doing enough or doing too much. Like yeah. it's a it's a challenging position to be Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Um, what about professional wise? Um, so in terms of dietitians, um, and, and when you first got into your weights training, yeah, uh, were you just researching that yourself, or did you have some positive influences there? Yeah. So, um, yeah, throughout um, anorexia, you do see doctors very very often and you have to see a lot of like you know experts in that field so we did have like a dietitian in the hospital um and she kind of like would check in with you after you um get discharged and all that sort of stuff um I would say that the professionals I did see during the time weren't for me it was a lot more for my family so I was seeing like um cams and stuff but I didn't find it helpful in the slightest so um, I'm not sure what it's like now, but yeah, back when, you know, I was going through all that, I don't feel like I had much support professionally whatsoever, yep. um, which did make it very hard. Like it was very, you know, you had to get it through, like get through it on your own. Um, was it that you didn't feel they understood where you're coming from or was yeah, it that I some just, of the applications or processes that they were trying to get you to move into didn't work? Yeah. So I remember, um, they, they were just kind of um, a lot fixated on, like, um, what the family can do, which I do understand um, in a way looking back now. Like, it was a lot more about, okay, it, was, it wasn't really at all talking to me. It was a lot more talking to, like, my mum or mm-hmm. my sister and, like, our home life and what they can do to kind of watch me eat or make me eat and stuff like that. Was that based on your age, maybe? Maybe, yeah, I, I would say so. Um, yeah, I, I remember I hated them. <laughs> uh, there was a the lot of times. Yeah, yep. I hated them. Um, and hate's a very strong word, but back when, you know, that ill, like, yeah, hate was definitely all I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, like, you know, when your um, anorexia is, yeah, like I said, like it's a mental illness. Like it's it's weird to think about now, like being healthy and coming out of it, but like, and it sounds really weird saying it, but like it is like a demon takes control of your mind. Yeah. Like that is actually how it feels. Like you don't have any control of what you say or what you do. And even if you get a little kind of, you know, spurt of courage, it just gets eaten up straight away. So yeah. I can understand why they couldn't really talk to me because they um so with anorexia, you can't actually mentally get better until you're physically better. Mm-hmm. But obviously those two don't really work well together. Yeah. So, you know, like our biggest fear is pulling putting on weight um but yeah you need to put on weight to actually be able to talk to Millie rather than the like the eating disorder so it it was a very kind of I guess it's hard to kind of have an opinion on that when you know like in a way they do have to kind of just get you all the resources available to help you put on that weight and then they can try to talk to you um but yeah I was yeah seeing a lot of like um yeah, CAMS was who I was seeing, um, which is just, yeah, like they, I think they deal with depression and eating disorders and just kind of mental health um, for younger, I think under age, under 18. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I was dealing with them, but then as soon as I got the chance to not have to go see them anymore, yeah. I did. And, and they obviously did imply, uh, um, apply some tools. Absolutely, like you, yeah. You, you can definitely hear that because you're, you're separating yourself, like yeah. you're naming it, you're calling it a demon. Yeah. You have Millie, you have the disorder or yeah. like it, 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 there's separation there. So yeah. th- without you even maybe being aware, there's obviously some practices in there that have sunk in over time. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a big thing that kind of me and my, my mum have spoke about um, coming out of it was like, yeah, a lot of it was like kind of them having to explain to my mum that, you know, when she was talking to me and 
Like there was a time when my mum tried to make me eat dinner and I chucked the plate of food at her face. Like, and they had to kind of explain to her like that wasn't Millie. And like, it was kind of, yeah, having to, I guess, let my family know that I didn't actually hate them. Yeah. The eating disorder hated them. Yeah. Um, and kind of helping them get through it, which in return would help me get through it. Yeah. So instead of, you know, me just pushing them away and being like, I can't help you anymore because you don't want to be helped. They were just like, yeah, like my mum said to me one night, like when we were eating dinner, she was like, I'm not going to sit here and watch you die. Yeah. And I remember at the time, like Millie cried and then a good one minute later, it was just like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, cool. So um, when, when and we'll go back into like the, the weight side of things now because that was obviously, like yeah. you said, a really good uh, stepping stone out. Uh, so were you just always guided by your own self-learning? Yeah, so um, when I moved... So when I kind of started getting back into the weights, I remember I it was a long it was a long process because you're not allowed to exercise for a long time after because um, you're obviously very underweight and very unhealthy and your biggest priority is on putting weight. But when I did first get into um, being able to train again, I did start running. Um, but then my sister kind of got me into classes, yep. um, and there was like body pump and like just the stuff at the local gym, and I really enjoyed that sort of stuff. So yeah. I was doing a bit of like running, a bit of body pump, a bit of yoga. Um, then I did move back to Tamworth for a few. I think it was about a year or so, um, and I joined the local gym there. And yeah, that was all kind of self-taught. So that's when I started getting into like the body splits and um, the standard. Um, body bodybuilding, um, weight training sort of yeah. stuff. So um, I did YouTube a lot of things. Um, I, you know, would um, Instagram like fitness inspos that I looked up to that, but my fitness inspo and something I had to get clear with myself very early on was people that looked like me, yep. not, not the people that had my body shape rather than really skinny girls that, you know, I will never look like because yeah. that's not my body image, um, body, like my Body type. Body type, yeah. Yeah, and that's an important thing to, to put out there as a message as well is like, and that's a little bit different. And um, how old are you at the moment? I'm 21. Yeah, 21, yeah. So when uh, I first got into the gym stuff, obviously no um, no social media or any, anything like that, or even really YouTube, there wasn't much of that. It was like articles, uh, pretty much T-Nation had just come out. And yeah, other I than loved T-Nation. <laughs> T-Nation was, was fantastic. Yeah. Like you could just take so much of that in. Um, and then apart from T-Nation, it was pretty much the one random person at the gym who knew how to train to themselves. Yeah. They were your only models. Yeah. Um, but you would naturally, I guess, gravitate to people that were more like you. So for mental health, it was obviously a lot better because you weren't – and it was a number of things. Like you would only ever see like one person mm-hmm. occasionally that was in really good shape versus having hundreds pumped into your head every day. Absolutely. And and it's a perfect point what you were saying is like you should be looking at genetic potentials. Mm. So even when I was competing and stuff like that, it was always just like looking at like, oh, yeah, I can see some similarities in muscle structure or like how they hold body fat or something like that. Yeah. And, and that's ultimately I, I don't think it's a great model to follow in general because there's so many nuances that you have no idea on how absolutely, that occurred absolutely but it's far better than just thinking of your endpoint, like you said with skinny yes yeah 100 so wh- where when about into this journey did you decide that you wanted to i guess be a pt and start your own fis- fitness business yep so yeah, like I was doing the like kind of googling and um yeah I did a lot of like my own research um on like you know how to program and do all that sort of stuff. So I would, you know, do my own workouts. But, you know, the way I would program now is 
but completely different to that. Like that was just, you know, uh, putting together a workout each day. I used to write down in my little notepad like yeah. Monday this workout and Tuesday like, um, yeah, and T Nation, I used to always research on that as well. Um, it was extremely helpful. But, um, yeah, so I was doing that for, yeah, probably about a year or so and then I just re- I started kind of – I was at school at the time as well and – I guess I just started to, yeah, just not prioritise school whatsoever. And like, you know, that's not something that I would ever, you know, I'm not like, don't ever prioritise school, just go to the gym. But I just was not at all um, focused on it. Like it wasn't a priority. Like all I wanted to do was, you know, better myself and, you know, focus on what I loved doing. Like I loved training. I loved, you know, the lifestyle of being fit and healthy. And I, you know, thought about being a PE teacher or, you know, maybe I could do something like that. But I just, it wasn't, it did not interest me. Like I didn't, like I said earlier, like I've never wanted to work for someone else. Um, I've always kind of... Um, Where do you think that came from? I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Like I'm a stubborn person. Like I am a very like disciplined person. I've got a lot of like intrinsic um, motivation. Like I don't really need someone to be like, do this. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think I've always had, yeah, very high standards of myself and um, known that, you know, if, if I – and that came a lot to, like, the self-development I did personally. Like, I did a lot of mindset stuff and, you know, really tried to work on, you know, the way that I think and, you know, believing in myself and um, that sort of stuff. So, I don't really know when it, like, kind of clicked over, but I just know that, like, I hate taking answers from other people. So, um, you know, some people would call that, you know, stubborn, but – I'm like, well, it's got me pretty far. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember I was at the gym one day, like this was literally the turning point and sounds so cliche, but I was at the gym one day and I just looked up like I was stretching or something and I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. And then from there, I remember I went home to dad and I was like, I'm leaving school. And he was like, no, you're not. And I was like, yep, I am. Um, and I was like, and there's actually nothing you can do to like change my mind. And he was like, <laughs> um, I was working at like just the local kind of sports store and um yeah I just remember I just kind of tried to get everything ready because my dad was like well you're not leaving school until you have a full-time something whether it's full-time study or full-time work yeah so I um got did my PT course and I was doing like on the side of I think work so I, I think that that was when I left school like I kind of just left school or I just didn't go back um yep. And then I... So yep. was that year 11, year 12? It was like year 10. Year 10? <laughs> yeah, like year 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was it was like I was never someone to be like, I hate school and like wag school or whatever. Like I genuinely did enjoy school, but it was like when I like when I have my mind set on something, like you can't change my mind. So I just, when I had my mind set on, you know, like I see myself as like, you know, three years ahead of everyone rather than staying in school and being three years behind. Yeah, So absolutely. like, yeah, like I just kind of got in it when I knew that that was exactly what I do. Like if I'm going to finish school and go and do this I've just wasted three years like you know to be a PT you don't all you need is your certs um which is horrible um because I think you need a lot more education than just your two certs but um yeah I just remember I was at the gym and then I was like that's it and I did it like part-time so oh no I was still at school at the time when I was doing um this and I was still I was working at this local store but I'm very much someone that will put like all my balls in one basket so it was like I was putting my all into my studying and then school was just being left behind and then so I was like you know what like if this is taking up any of my headspace I'd much prefer to put all my headspace into this which is what I want to do um and so yeah I was doing that part-time because I was living in Tamworth and they had like the um 
with um, Australian Institute of Fitness, they would come down like once a month for the face-to-face stuff and um, I'm a very like practical person. Like I need to be hands-on. I need to ask questions. Like I'm not someone that can sit there and just study. So I looked up because I wanted to move back to Newcastle. Like I did not like Tamworth. I don't like Tamworth. Um, yep. So I wanted to get back to Newcastle. Shout like out to Tamworth. Yeah, shout out to Tamworth. <laughs> <laughs> um, they all move here anyway. It's like they're all like just vacating this way. Um, but yeah, so I like... Yeah, just wanted kind of to get back to Newcastle. So I was like, okay, this is my this is my way. I'm going to get back there. And I just like found out when I could do it full time so I could leave school officially and move back to Newcastle and then do it. And it was like, okay, this is my dream. This is exactly what I'm going to do. And yep. then um, that's what I did. I just pretty much got it all sorted, um, stopped doing it part-time, just pretty much said, can I um, transfer on to the full-time course that's in Newcastle and then move there, leave school. I was living – I lit started living with my sister I didn't have my license or anything at the time so it was like bussing it every single day um but yeah that's when it all started so yeah and shout out to Australian Institute of Fitness <laughs> <laughs> so um once you decided that you weren't going to school anymore yeah uh ha- did you did your parents try to resist that uh, yeah. uh, after that initial thing did they keep resisting keep resisting or was it like like you said originally with your dad he's like all right if you're doing full-time study you can get out yeah so yeah my family hated it so um, are they academic they no not really like um I, don't, I think it was more so like their family which was kind of drilling into their head like you know back in the on days like my dad I think he left in like year nine or something like yeah. that like because he didn't really need to stay in school or whatever but my my mum's side they're very yeah like go to uni you know the traditional kind of stuff where like um my elder my elder sister you know she dropped out and she worked full-time like it's kind of I'm very like um you know, like this day and age, like you don't need to stay in school. There is so many different pathways to, you know, and it's all, it's all up to like, you know, whatever anyone's um, passion is. Like if you want to go and get a uni degree, obviously stay in school, you've got to do that. But if it's, you know, apprenticeships and stuff like um, boys, you know, like rather than going to year 12 and, you know, but knowing that you want to get an apprenticeship, go in year 10 and then you're three years ahead sort of thing. Like that's the way, that's my logic behind it. But everyone's got their own, but yeah, my um my dad hated it and he was like, No, you gotta stay in school and but then like there was no talking me out of it. So it's like yeah. whatever anyone was saying, I was very set and I was like, I don't really care. Like I'm doing this and you know, just watch me, sort of thing. Cause they all thought, you know, and it, and it's true, PT isn't a stable industry. It's not. No. You've got to do well at it to, you know make good money out of it and make an actual business out of it. Yeah, a very small percentage of trainers actually make a decent income. Absolutely. And, you know, people will look at, you know, me now and they're like, oh, my God, that's what I want to do. But it's like, God, you have no idea what you're in for. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so it was a lot. I guess it was was definitely them caring and, you know, being like, well, you're not going to make a good income out of this or you're not going to make a good career out of this. And, you know, you just, you know, I think they look at trainers as just, you know, yes, you do that, but, you know, it's not a job teaching other people to do that. So, but, yeah, that's – did that – yep, did that answer? Yeah, we're, good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're uh, good. So, um, at what point in your journey have, have you gone back to your dad and said, like, I told you so, it's all good, or, like, in terms of the leaving school? Or has he uh, gone, like, I'm glad you left school. Has that come back up? Um. So, like, I love my dad, but <laughs> – I hope he doesn't listen, listen to this. Um, he is – I don't know. So he, 
I don't think he has a lot of self-belief himself. So that's been something like, I guess, pulling myself into like a, a better headspace and stuff like that. And, you know, really trying to like um, back myself mm. is kind of seeing that he doesn't really back himself and he gets quite comfortable and stuff. So yep. um, I think like I remember <laughs> when like I got my gym and um, I remember him saying to me, <laughs> I don't even know if I should be saying this, but he was like, well, you can always go bankrupt if it all <laughs> turns to yeah. shit. And I was like, sick. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really like... Yeah, I don't like he knows I'm doing well and but I don't really like go to him for any kind of like advice or anything like that. Did that, yeah. that wasn't even a question. Yeah, so think. yeah, and and my um my father definitely is the same. Like, yeah. Um at, at any point in uh this this business now uh or even it could be like in the old business like we could have had like we had four locations and everything was going fantastic and he'd be still like just on that edge yeah. where he'd be like how's everything going in business yeah uh, is it working out okay yeah it's like yes yes it's totally fine <laughs> every time and then when i sold that business uh or part of that business anyway uh and moved into this new business it's like that started all again like yep. when i was told him like and, th- and what i do is i i don't i, I tell him after yeah so it's like oh i'm doing this yeah yep. <laughs> not not like i'm thinking of doing this and i run that model quite a fair bit i I bring in very few people into the and similar to potentially what you're saying about deciding yourself. Yeah. Like I have already made the decision yes. personally. Yeah. Um, and I take advice of people on guidance on the decision. Yeah. Uh, so it's like tweaks. Like it's like, oh, you can give me variations on a spin for ideas yep. that can support this decision, but you you're not you're not included in the decision itself yeah i'm the exact same yeah like when i when i say something it's like it's not for like your like opinion it's like i kind of need like i just want to verbalize it for myself to kind of process it if that yeah yeah Yeah, exactly and then people are just like and you can't like be bad at people for giving their opinions Mm. because it's this automated process and it's it's their own mindset it's their own the way that they view you know like it's the way other people view their success personally and it's also, you know, comes from their parents and yep. their upbringing and, you know, the people they've got surrounded by them. So, like, people's mindset is all because of the people around them realistically. So, you can't, yeah, you can't blame them for what they've been auto-tuned to believe. Yeah. And, and it's, and it, I think it just needs to be taught in a different way rather than saying you should do this. It's like, oh, have you thought of this? Yes. And then you can have a good conversation and just say, uh, well, no, I haven't actually thought of that. I'll take that into account. And yeah. then you use that information to then reprocess your decision. There's never any a point where like anyone should be telling anyone how to do anything. Yeah, absolutely. It, it should just be like, all right, here's a little bit more data. Yeah. Y- you may have considered the data. If you have, great. If you haven't, take it, roll with it, see how you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's your business look like at the moment? Um, so, yeah, so we have got a gym now so um, Millie Marshall Fitness we're located in Carrington um, and we run group classes so um, I was doing you know PTs and stuff for a while but yeah I really kind of just steered off into the classes because at the end of the day like classes are a lot more affordable Mm -hmm. Um, you can work out six days a week for the same price as one PT session Um, you know you get to make friends it's a community there's so much more support you know um, and it's a lot more of a lifestyle thing like you know making it a part of your every single day routine yeah Um, and a lot of people don't have that self-discipline as well so um, people like us where we have got a lot of like I said intrinsic motivation we don't need someone to be like Mm. get up go to the gym eat well drink your water like we're like we're going to do that anyway Um, so I think it's been yeah it was something that I noticed like being able to watch because it was a progressive thing like I started with one-on-one PTs and then I did that for a really long time and then when I started kind of venturing off into my own sort of thing I started with two-on-one and then it became you know a three-on-one 
and et cetera, et cetera, until it grew into, you know, I was in my own space and the demand was there and I started, you know, having like just small groups and it was also another thing like just time effective. Yep. Well, it's time effective. You don't have to hire as many people. Exactly. Um, it's uh, There's no, yeah, time effective in terms of not juggling appointments. 100%. Uh, cancellations don't matter. There's yes. so many solid reasons. For Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I stood off onto that and like, yeah, love it. Like I, I um, when I worked at my first gym, I was doing like the classes on top of that and I've always thrived in like the class yeah. setting. Like that just makes me like come alive. So, yeah. Um, yeah, ventured off into that and then like, yeah, grew into different spaces and I've always like, like when people always, you know, they're like, oh, what's your goal and stuff? I kind of always have just gone with the flow, like what I've done has worked or it hasn't and then I've just found something that worked and I've yep. just kind of take it took like one foot in front of the other yep. and kept doing that. So we um were at a gym before this and grew out of that space and then we were pretty much forced to get a big gym and then it's you know grown from there and is what it is now um so yeah we do classes um yeah going really really well yeah and, and how many are you restricted with COVID in terms of the group classes and we've that been yeah we've been at like capacity for like the whole entire year pretty much we yep. um which is like a shame I I don't like that and I know it's awesome and it's an awesome thing it's better have the demand than not have the demand and to have to like you know turn away clients and to have to search for clients yep. but for someone who my life is around helping people and yep. trying to help as many people as I possibly can having to um say no to people or say I'm sorry like I don't know when we can accept you when like another thing is with all my clients I've got now I remember like a lot of what they have all said to me is it took them so much courage to message me in the first place yep. so having to say you know to people that I'm sorry we don't have the space for you, especially when, you know, I have um, worked so hard to create what I have created that is different from a lot of other gyms out there and create that big community and the education and, um, yeah, the, so the support behind it. Um, yeah, we've been full for a long time. So we've got to kind of like, yeah, COVID has really shot us in the foot, um, but it is what it is. We've had to just make do with the circumstances, but... We've added more classes and stuff and done what we can, but, yeah, we've kind of reached our – nothing else we can do at the moment. <laughs> that, that's okay. And, and hopefully it's on the improvement side of things now. Yeah. So um, you are talking a lot in terms of self-development and, and that how you've got a big emphasis on mindset. Yeah. What are some, I guess, ideas or concepts or principles that you've taken from that learning and put into your own, I guess, coaching people? Yep, yep. So – um, yeah, like I said, when I like kind of did um, do my whole, I guess, turn to truly be healthy and truly um, actually be on the right track of, you know, overcoming the anorexia and the eating disorder and the unhealthy habits I did have, it was all mindset. Like at the end of the day, um, mindset really is everything. It is, you know, like a lot of people say, okay, if I look like this, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. But truth is, no matter what you look like, if you are still, you know, in a bad headspace and you still don't, you know, like yourself as a person, you're not going to be happy no matter how what size you are or how skinny you are or how much you train or how healthy you eat. Um, so, yeah, when I um, did all that, it was, yeah, a lot of like my, um, yeah, self-development, was, which was, yeah, I guess just kind of being okay with myself, being a lot more independent and, you know, working on, my like how I was speaking to myself and also how I was viewing things as well like I believe that perspective 
is huge. Like it's, you know, it's even with all the stuff going on at the moment, like we could be like, oh my God, like the 2020 is an absolute disaster. Like this mm. is horrible. When you could be like, for example, when COVID hit and we had those three months where, you know, like we couldn't work. I took that chance to self-develop and to study and to, yep. you know, um, work on myself and work on the things that I had neglected on myself um, because, you know, I was so focused on looking after everyone else. Like, yep. um, so I do try and do a lot of what practicing what I preach. So, you know, as much as when we look at health as a whole, a lot of people are like, okay, eat well and exercise. But it's like, it's not just that. It's like, you know, taught like you know going through gratitude and you know um actually like speaking to yourself nice like not looking in the mirror every day and saying like oh i'm a f- i'm so fat or yep. you know it's trying to like s- turn around you know what and like i said like it's it's not like it's it's sad that it's so normal to speak so negative to yourself all the time yeah. and i look back on like when say for example i was in in year 7 if and if anyone was at in the slightest bit comfortable with themselves or happy with themselves, they were up themselves. You know, they were yeah. cocky. They were, you know, like <laughs> it was it was frowned upon to be happy. Yeah, it really was. It and it was a lot more, um, it was almost like fashion to be depressed and yep. to be sad and to hate yourself. And if someone gives you a compliment to be like, oh, no, I, like I look disgusting. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of like rewiring, I guess, your brain and what you've always been taught to believe. Yeah. So... That's what I've pretty much what I try and base my business around is pretty much being the person I wish I had when I was growing up. So educating my clients on what I wish I was taught when I was first getting into fitness. Um, You know, the emphasis on technique and the emphasis on mindset and the emphasis on, you know, finding a healthy routine and that it's not about starving yourself and it's not about training six times a week and it's not you know everything that everyone thinks they have to do to be happy or to get this body or you know whatever it may be is false and to kind of yeah like I guess in a way yeah teach them what I have learned throughout everything I've gone through and them not having to go through what I had to go through, if that makes sense. Like instead of them having to go through anorexia and all the recovery process I had to go through and all the self-development I had to go through, just teaching them the lessons that I learned throughout, you know, that six-year block. Yeah, and I think a lot of great genius and great businesses and people helping the world a lot of the time and just trying to save themselves. Yeah. Like coming from that perspective. So out of those things, like so you you mentioned like self-talk, uh, you mentioned perspective. You mentioned gratitude. Um, what do you, what's your what do you think the most important thing is for just say one of your new clients coming on board to to make a shift in mindset? Like, what would you try to drill down on for them? Yeah. So, um, I think the biggest thing, like when when people first get started on their fitness journey, it's they think that they have to put everything on the table. They think they have to tidy up absolutely everything, and then that's how they get started. But the biggest thing I focus on is just a routine. So I won't be like, okay, cut this out of your diet, cut this out of your diet, cut this out of your diet. You've got to train this amount of times a week. You know, you can't go out drinking anymore. You can't do this. I'll just be like, okay, how many times a week do you want to come train? And depending on what, if it's like once a week, I'm like, okay, let's up that a little bit. Like, yeah. let's be a bit realistic here. Um, but, you know, just trying to get them into a routine that works with their lifestyle yeah. and then not putting too much pressure on themselves. Because at the end of the day, if you overwhelm someone, they might be good for a week, but they're not going to stick at it. Yeah. So I think if someone was to first come in, it's 
in in particular our classes we've got a very 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 supportive community so just by them being a part of that they're going to notice a big shift in their mindset and exercise is one of the best antidepressants out there Mm -hmm. so just in doing that one thing they're going to notice a shift in their mindset and from there so it's mostly about getting them to come getting them to not have to like force themselves to come because that's one of the um the most common things with what we've got at our gym is, you know, everyone that signs up, they don't see themselves working out five times a week. Yep. They, that's never their plan. They're like, I'm just going to make sure I go three times a week. But then after a few weeks, they're coming five times a week, yeah. not as a chore, but because they want to, because they love it. They're falling in love with training. They love how they feel. You know, it's they're so proud of themselves for the progress they're making. And that's all mindset. Yep. Like that's all, that's what I've kind of done with um, our gym is it's, no longer focused on what they look like in the mirror, but yep. the achievements they're making every single session. Yeah. So, you know, as you should in your training, always focusing on progressive overload and always making sure, you know, you're improving each week. Mm. By just doing that, like, you know, you get like dopamine every time you um, improve in something, you know, like you get happy, you get proud. And those feelings of being happy and proud and steering that away from looking in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm not seeing any changes. Yeah. Being like, I went up 10 kilos in my squat in four weeks. Yeah. And, you know, or I couldn't even squat. <laughs> now I can squat with a bar on my back. Yeah. And so just in those little things like that is all mindset. And then once they get into that is when we kind of start, to, you know, how are you talking to yourself? You know, like yep. say, for example, with the challenge, like we've got weekly check-ins and a lot of that is, you know, like what are you most proud of with this week? What did you struggle with the most this week? You know, how can you do to improve on that next week? That sort of thing. And it's just kind of getting them to self-reflect and be like, and almost repeat back to themselves what they've been talking to themselves. Like, and I think that's a big thing is like acknowledging the way you actually speak to yourself. Because if you, like, if we were to say out loud the way we speak to ourselves, we'd be bloody embarrassed. Like it'd be pretty embarrassing to, you know, say out loud, you know, what we say to ourselves every single day. So, um, yeah, like I think one of the biggest things with with our gym and what I try and focus on is just that routine, that healthy routine, not the, you know, excessive one way and excessive, but actually looking after yourself as a whole. So, you know, yes, exercise, eat really well, you know, have a social life, but also look after yourself. Take time out for yourself when you need it. Go for a walk along the beach, sit down, have a coffee, you know, write in a journal, go through three things you're grateful for, five things you're grateful for every day and try and like switch that mindset. Like if you're going through something hard, like I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. So like anytime I go through any negative or traumatic event like ever and I find myself like overwhelmed in my emotions, like I really try and focus on, okay, what did I learn out of that? Like I've gone through a lot and, you know, any anything that's happened, whether it be, you know, like a – like, for example, if it's someone, you know, really, really hurt you or I'd just be like, okay, well, what did I learn out of that? Like, yeah. you know, okay, maybe I shouldn't, like, I should have actually listened to the warning signs or maybe I do need to have my gut up a little bit more or, you know, keep an eye, you know, like I learned that I need to do more, more internal work. I wasn't the best person I could have been. So yeah. now I've got to work on, you know, this. So I think I just kind of, I try to be a, a role model really. And then yeah. I think that's, that helps my clients a lot because they, I practice what I preach. Yep. I'll tell them, take out time, take time out for yourself. And they'll see me do that. They'll know. Like I'll say, okay, guys, I'm kind of actually struggling a bit this week. I'm not going to reply to emails today or something like that. Or even my clients now, like they'll be like, Mill, enjoy your weekend. Don't go any emails this weekend. Like now they are actually telling yeah. me, they're like, Millie, practice what you preach. So yeah. um, 
yeah, I think it's a lot of it is surrounding yourself with the right people, yeah. um, which definitely is what we have. Like we've, yeah. you know, got the most amazing community, the most amazing group of, you know, people that literally are each other's biggest cheer squad really. Like, yep. you know, they all want to be the best version of them, themselves and they don't want to bring down anyone else in the process. And I think that's really important. And I think I just talked so much of nothing that you asked about. No, I, I, I didn't get nothing. <laughs> I, I, I got some cool things out of that. So what I saw in that at, at first is definitely, uh, and, and this is goes for when people are moving into any new goal or new lifestyle or trying to become a new version of themselves, whatever you like, is that that they're typically a, a little bit of a contradiction towards themselves. So mm-hmm. they're there, and what I saw in what you're saying there is that they they feel like they hate themselves, mm. but then they have these unrealistic expectations on the goals they set mm. in in terms of like you might get someone that says once a week but most people are like all right i'm going to train four times a week so what you're doing is like you're lowering the bar initially not putting pressure and that person should be thinking like and i don't mind this thought and, and it sounds negative but it's like right now the version of myself is not good enough to set this goal mm-hmm. so it's like all right here's your entry point yeah here's what that entry point looks like and then you're moving them into some progressive targets that when they're aware of it and then they achieve it, then they will have dopamine release. But if they increase that 10 kilos on squats and they didn't have that pre-identified as a marker of success, they wouldn't have been successful. Or they would have done it without even knowing that it was a thing and accidentally achieved it and not even felt good about it. Then once you have them feeling slightly better about themselves, then they're a bit more permeable in terms of information and so you, you you're getting the mindset stuff in there yeah from that point then then you're into community which is great and soon as they can take the focus point off themselves and start to help others yeah that's when they'll truly feel fulfilled yeah because anytime you go into things and everyone will do this at first they're just incredibly selfish everything Absolutely. when you're when you're struggling uh when you when you're not making any progression the longer you're in that period the more selfish you become the more you stay in that position. Yeah. So then once that community develops and they're pointing back at you and trying to support you, then you've almost taken them on a full journey. Yeah. Because they're when they see you and help you, they're seeing a new version of themselves the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. So that's I don't think you said yeah. nothing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that was, yeah, it just <laughs> a better way of explaining it. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, moving forward, what, what's the vision for the business? So... Yeah, like I said earlier, like I don't, um, it's like when people are like, what's your five-year goal? I'm like, honestly, like if you would ask, like I only, so our big gym opened up one year ago, mm. literally in a month. So we yep. haven't even been in this new space How for How big is the space there? Um, it's about 300 square metres. Yeah, cool, good size. Yeah, yeah, really good size. Um, but yeah, like just before that, like, you know, it was never, it was never really my goal to have a gym. Yep. Um, like I've always been a sole trader in terms of like my personal training and stuff like that. So I never like worked under a, a company, like I worked in like a, a gym, but I wasn't yeah, contracted I by them. Um, but yeah, I would just say like moving forward, you know, ca- pretty much keep doing what I'm doing. Like it's working. Um, I'm helping people. I'm, you know, it's pretty incredible to have such a positive influence on so many people's lives. Like that is true. Like that is one of the best feelings in the world, you know, getting people messaging you and even people I've never met, like on Instagram and stuff, like just saying how much like, and I would have never even thought it, just saying how much of an impact I've had on them. And I've never met them, probably never even talked to them, but just like buy up my posts and, you know, by being real and stuff like that or yep. um, 
that I've been able to change their perspective or, you know, even like change their lives, which is pretty incredible. So I would say just, so what we've done is like, we've steered a bit more onto online as well. So kept doing what we're doing, but so we can actually help more people is we've yeah, got course. an online platform as well. So we've got online training and um, and is online that a, challenges. Is that an app or a website or? Um, so it's still just like via email and stuff. Like on yep. moving forward, like I definitely want to get a better um, program to talk to, like you know, to communicate with them on, um, so I can have more people and so it can be a lot more, you know, um, accessible, yeah, yep. and uh, interacting. Um, so I would say like put a bit more onto like the online side of things as well um, and obviously just keep growing what we're doing so yep. whether that means more trainers and so we can you know have more people or um, whatever it may be but yeah like it's we definitely need a bigger gym because it's pretty annoying having full all the time but um, so that's definitely on the cards but waiting for the right space of course and yeah growth online and just yeah pretty much yeah just help as many people as we can that's always my goal like yep. I don't really have any, you know, like a, I've, I've always tried not to have a money goal or anything that's like, okay, I need X amount of clients to achieve X amount of dollars or whatever. I really try and focus on the people because from focusing on the people, you're going to make more money. You're going to you're going to be more successful. Yeah. Um, but it is at the end of the day, the only reason I am successful is because of the people I've been able to help. So yeah. focusing on that is always going to just venture off into everything else. But something I personally definitely need to do more is put myself out there a lot more. I um. Yeah, how do you mean? Um, just saying, I I would say like yes, more like things like this, like always stuff that I've wanted to do, but you know, never put myself in the opportunity to do that. So. Yep. That's one of my biggest things is just personally putting myself out there, like reaching out to, you know, more businesses and stuff like that, getting more relationships, which are in return going to help Millie Marshall Fitness and help us grow. And yeah. Yeah. And, and I think if you really nail down on your message and how you're helping people, that's going to spread organically. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I think a cool thing that you said there as well is like your approach to each day. Like if you run the, if you're looking at your numbers and your financials, which I believe is important to take oh, account, but you're yes. looking at it more as a byproduct of the helping. Yeah. And if you're approaching your day as like your approach to each day is more about giving, not what you're getting. Yes. Uh, and then ultimately you're going to be fulfilled in that because Absolutely. if you approach the day and what you're getting and that doesn't line up with your metric of success. So yeah. it's like, all right, how are our numbers? And you start your day like that. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, all right, we lost three. We yeah. didn't get four new clients like we did last month. We have this going on. And then it's just this chain reaction yeah. uh, of things that just don't work out where it's, it's almost like, all right, let's look at our numbers at the end of the day Absolutely. or at some point. Yeah. Like, don't start your day. Yeah, like um, we're at the end of the month. Like if you get, you know, 10 cancellations, but if you have 12, 20, you know, 20 new members, it's yeah. like you've actually increased by 10. And that's another thing like – like I said earlier, like PT and, you know, this fitness industry, like it is actually a very unstable industry. So you've got to be very smart with the way you do things. And, you know, it's if you treat everyone as a number, they're going to feel like a number and they're definitely, you know, like they're going to leave and what makes you different from everyone else. So, yep. um, yeah, like I think, yeah, definitely like money, obviously you need to make an income, you need to get by, you need to do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you never should push money to the side, but it's, yeah, being no. smart about, you know, why you do it in the first place and always sticking to that purpose and why you are doing that. And at the end of the day, you know, you're doing it to help people. So don't ever let that, you know, don't ever let money come into it. Because I've been at gyms before where they were like, okay, how many clients have you got? How many hours are you on a week? Mm. And it was all just about, you know, money, money, money and numbers, numbers, numbers. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you can't ignore it because... Yeah. 
the better you are at making money, the better you are at helping people. Absolutely. Like, you can't get a bigger gym without more money. Exactly. And, and yes. you're not paying with groceries with yes. conversation. Yeah, that's like, right. Go try that at Woolworths. <laughs> yeah. Like, have a good convo, give them a hug, and see if they give you your groceries for free. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so it, it's good to do both, but it's good to really have that attitude like you have. So, and it sounds like you have a really strong mindset and a consistent mindset. And like you said, the consistency is the thing. So do you have a routine at the moment? Like when, when you wake up, do you have a morning routine? Yeah, so routine, like exactly. I'm very routine based. Like I, it's when I'm out of my routine that I feel like my world is literally like coming down around me. So I do have a very strict routine and every single day I... I must have time to myself. Um, I'm like a very independent person. So if I don't get like my own me time, um, then yeah, I feel kind of very like not empty, but like there is something missing. So every day, like I'll always, so it's hard because like, you know, like I'll always get up, I'll work, blah, blah, blah. I'll finish work. I'll go home, do reply to all my emails, get all the work I need to get done for that day. Um, and then go to the gym and then come home, reply to emails and then I'll go back to work. And then that's kind of my cycle if I'm at work. But if it was like a, um, a day off, for example, like this morning, um, my other coach, she worked. So I woke up, I replied to emails and I kind of did like my tasks I need to get done for the day. So I kind of have a priority um, list Mm -hmm. and, um, I have in the past really, um, what's the word where you're put things to the side and you don't get it done. Procrastinate. Procrastinate. So that's one thing that my partner, like he has been really good because I was bad for that. So he's always like, Millie, do this. Have you done this yet? And I'm like, no. And he's like, do it right now. I'm calling up right now and you're going to do it. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I always have like a priority list and I'd like tick it off. I'm very big on like lists and ticking it off. Like yep. I'm not someone that can just have it in my head and I do lists and I tick it off as I go. Yep. And do you do lists just for business orientated things or do you do everything. lists for personal? Yeah, yep. everything. Like, um, yeah, I like I'm a very like hands-on person, so I must like write things down and see it, mm-hmm. and then I'll do it. So yeah. I I'm I always write things in my notes, and I like will write up things in my word document, and just kind of like anything that's in my head, I like to kind of put it out. So if I have any goals for the gym or any ideas I want to do, I'm like writing it out on word document. But yep. yeah, I always train. Um, I always eat good because that makes me feel good, and at the, I've got to always. Like looking after number one, like looking after yourself is always looking after everyone else. So I'm always making sure that I look after myself, and um, in return, being able to look after everyone else as well. Did that make? Did yep, that make yep, sense? Keep going with that. You're going good. Um, so yeah, like I, yeah, we'll go to the gym, and then I'm pretty much yeah, just making sure like staying on top of all the social things, staying on top of the emails, and then any ideas or any projects I have, I will get that done. Yep. Um, but yeah, always going through lists and always ticking them off and. Um, just not pushing things the next day like I used to always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so what what else can you do or do you do in terms of like self-care or time to yourself that's not just task orientated? Yeah, so um, I need vitamin D. <laughs> um, so I like need to get out in the sun and I need to get out in nature. So whether that's like a coffee at the beach in the sun or going for a swim in the ocean or going for a walk and listening to podcasts. I'll listen to m- multiple podcasts every single day um, and just every single day I need to do for my personal self like I always need to every single day like I like to better myself in one way or another so whether that's a podcast and educating myself or you know reading a book or whatever it may be like every single day doing something that's just moving me that little bit forward if I'm having an off day okay watch a YouTube video or something like that like I'm like to every day kind of do something that's going to kind of push me that little bit forward if I'm having an off day um 
acknowledging that I'm feeling a bit off and doing something that will kind of fill me up a little bit. So like I said, go get a coffee at the beach and just sit and watch the waves or go for a swim or go for a walk or, um, yeah, just doing something that kind of get like get my phone away from me. Um, I always have my phone on do not disturb. Like, yeah, because it's it's very easy to get sidetracked in in social media and stuff, especially like – this day and age, like our life is actually on social media. Like our business is on social media. Like that has been a big, big part of, you know, my business's growth. So yeah, just trying to, I do always try and kind of keep my phone away from me unless I need it for work. Yeah. Awesome. And and what about the self-development? Are you having much time for that at the moment or is it? It's been definitely really hard. Yeah. So it's been really hard. Like if I'm driving to somewhere, I'll always listen to a podcast. I try not to like listen to music, but I try to. What type of podcasts? Um, I love many. So there's one, um, which is, this is more of like a self development one. Um, not really like business related, but it's the, do you, am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah. It's the, do you fucking mind podcast um, with Alexis Fernandez, I think her name is. Um, but she's amazing. She talks about like all things like self love and she's a very, I like, I see a lot of myself in her. So everything she says, it's like, I'm someone that will always, I'm the one that my friends will go to for advice. But when it comes to me needing advice, it's like, I've just got to listen to myself really, but I don't really have someone that I would turn to. Um, so she's like kind of the person that like anytime like I need something, I'm like, okay, listen to that podcast. Like she's really, really good and very like stubborn and very like um, in your face. Like she yeah. doesn't sugarcoat anything. It's very like, so that's one that I love listening to. Um, if I feel like I just need like an escape from work because all I do is work really. Yeah. Um, I do like like the happy hour podcast. Just it's kind of like being in a little conversation and just kind of like just laughing. Yeah. But if it's like more so like business related, I do like Mind Pump. They've got some really good stuff like with their questions and stuff like that. When they answer them, it's very like – makes you look at things from a different perspective. Um, What are the other ones? Got it all on my phone, but um, there's the – what's it called? It's like that guy. (laughs) That's going to be helpful, that guy. Um, I don't know what his name is. I don't know. And do you take anything, how do you take information? So like, and and I'm curious on this for a lot of people because so many people are listening to podcasts now uh, and they're they're a far better option than listening to the radio. Yeah. Anyone ever does that even anymore. Yeah. Um, Or watching TV or what have you. Um, But it still can be to the point of just mindless entertainment, even though the content is informational or information-based. Uh, when I say information, I should say educational. Yeah. Um, because if you're not really sy- synthesizing it or you're not really doing anything with it, it's not really, it's the same. 100%. Um, so how do you, I guess, convert such large amounts of information and put it into practice? Yeah. Yeah. No, really good question because that's exactly right. Like that's um, – Yeah, it's like even when I read a book, I'm always taking notes. Like if I find a book helpful, I'll have like a whole nother book where I've just written notes about everything that like my key points. Um, So I do the same thing with podcasts. If there's something like, if they say a quote that really resonates with me, I'm like writing that in my notes. Like my notes are just filled with so much stuff that just like if I have a random idea or something, like I'll just put it in there. But yeah, it's it's hard though because I am – I'm not someone that can just kind of take in information by ear. Yep. Um, some people are like that and freaking that would be amazing. Like listening to audiobooks and stuff, amazing, good for you. Um, but yeah, like I'll write down notes and I'll kind of, or I'll re- listen to the same thing a few times. Yep. So if I, if they say like this topic that 
I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. I'll listen to it like three times yep. and I'll kind of just kind of let it kind of really sink in. Um, but yeah, like I think it's also making sure that being present is so important. Like yep. so many people are just not present. Like if I'm listening to a podcast and I'm doing tasks around the house, like I'm not going to be sitting on my phone. I'll never listen to a podcast and be on my phone because I'm so distracted. Um, I'll listen to it while I'm in the car, but again, kind of distracted. So it's hard. Like it, being present is definitely really important when you're listening to something yep. um, because I feel like lis- we're so accustomed to just listening like if there's traffic and you know you don't you don't worry about that so so you're very used to blocking out background noise um so like i would definitely if someone struggles with you know listening to podcasts i would definitely say like watch it because you can watch a lot of podcasts now so putting another sense into it so whether it's writing which i do or watching it as well and being a lot more kind of um involved in that does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah it does definitely uh and, and other things that i i would just i guess add on to that is have intent behind everything you do like Absolutely. think about okay before i read this book or before i listen to this podcast what am i actually after yeah um and the answer may be nothing sometimes yeah. and that's fine it's like uh, my brain is fried yeah from giving to people all day i'm just going to listen to this easy listening podcast yeah and that's your intent but other things that should be like all right what's my intent why am I reading this? What am I after? And looking for something that actually is going to bring value into you. It's yeah. like, if I'm looking for a podcast, I'm not just going to, I lit, I will never just watch the first thing that comes up. I'm like, okay, is that resonating with mm. what I need right now? No, yeah. I'm going to go find something that resonates with me or I'm going to get distracted. Yep. You've got to definitely, like you said, have intent. Like you've got to definitely, um, yeah, be looking for something out of it and be interested in the topic that you're going to listen to. Yeah. Well, there's not a chance you're going to be putting all your senses and actually put your, you know, attention onto that thing yeah and, and that's when like people ask me often it's like if they see your books or anything like that they're like oh what's a good book and it's yeah. like the, the question is it's a, it's like well what do you need yes like, what, what are you looking for right now yeah uh, and personally I'll, i will like just have like about sort of five books nearby yeah and then i'll just feel what i need and I'll, i won't ever do you finish books that you read uh, that's hard. like I make myself, but a lot of the time I'm losing interest halfway. Yeah, so I um, used to make myself. Yeah, and then I stopped. Okay, well, so that's now good to I know. just I'll, like, I'll feel better about that. So it, like if 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 like if it's just like chapter after chapter, it's like all right, I'm getting the gist. I don't, yes, like I can see what's going on here. I might read uh, the index and see if any of the headlines grab me for the further chapters, but uh, or I might even just skip through. Yeah, uh, right. it's like all right, this middle block's not working for me, so I'll pick it up three chapters out. Yeah, and, okay. and then once I've gone over it quickly that first time then i'll have it nearby and then i'll go back to it yeah so then i'll just read like if i am reading it might be for a small period of time i won't i'll read just like a specific chapter yeah like so it's like so i don't even read books necessarily in the order that they're going yeah okay no that's i'm gonna start doing that yeah because like i'll read something i'm like a few chapters will be really interesting and then i'm getting to like five chapters and like i hate this and then you know you get out of that routine of reading every day well, you just got to tell yourself i didn't finish school so why should i finish this book that's it <laughs> exactly <laughs> like uh, use that stubbornness yeah like, but you get these ideas of like what you shouldn't shouldn't do oh, i have to do this or i shouldn't procrastinate yeah. um and yes pro- procrastination on a, a lot of things can be bad for you but a lot of the time it's because like if you're that personality you're driving forward on so many other things yes uh and that's why it's great when you when you start to hire people and that as well because like you almost like you want to be this big whirlwind moving through and then just have the people that are working for you 
picking up the slack on the procrastination side yeah. of things because it's like you want to keep the ship moving as fast as you can. That's it. And then that's another thing is like, you know, like we have grown more than I could have actually ever imagined. Like I would have never expected this. Yeah. So um, making that transition to hiring um, Jordan, like that was that was th- quite challenging at the start because I was like, well, for starters, it's Millie Marshall Fitness. So how the hell am I going to have someone who's not Millie Marshall? Yeah, um, I, I had that same thing. And people asked me that when I kicked off um, – um, my fitness business yeah and that was the reason i didn't name it like a personal name right right yeah well that's it like but yeah I, um, but you have more of you have an online brand and personality yeah and I, I, I was always more behind the scenes yeah, uh, yeah. so it, it married up more for me but i believe for you the names are better yeah but, yeah but also too I, I don't think that's a negative like if i yeah. turn up because it, you, they're not buying into you necessarily but what you bring have created yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like a certain vibe yeah um and then like it's like all right, have you met, like, Jordan at Millie Marshall Fitness? Yeah. Like, he's amazing. Or yeah. She's amazing. Um, so, like, that's the vibe. Like, uh, I, I don't think the, the naming's a barrier. Yeah, and that's what I've had to, like, just, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, exactly what you said. Like, it, at the start, it was really hard because I was like, well, how am I going to do this? But, you know, like, Jordan and I, we're both very similar, but we both also complement each other in very, yeah. you know, good ways. Like, I'm a very stern person. You know, she can be a very, um, like, loving person. So, you know, and, like, I am that as well, but a lot of the times, like, it's when I'm the coach, it's, like, people know they're not slacking off and yeah. they're not, you know, like, I know what weight you're lifting today. Yeah. And But, um, yeah, like, and that's another thing is, like, business as well. Like, and I think, it goes like, you know, going back to, like, what PT in the industry like a lot of people think it's just this hands-on stuff it's just the coaching but when you open up a gym it's a business like a gym is a business so having to you know come back and um yeah like the all the behind the scenes stuff like that was starting to get really overwhelming it mm-hmm. was like I was you know keeping the business afloat but all this behind the scenes stuff was just getting neglected like you know like I didn't have any time to go through that and if I did like you know it left me feeling just like so exhausted and so drained so like having Jordan has definitely let me do more of the emails let me do a lot more behind the scenes stuff make sure that we're not just staying afloat but now we're able to actually keep moving forward again which is so important um because yeah I just you know you can't do it all alone when you get to a certain point like you really can't as much as we want to we want to be like yep I did this all by myself it's like you can't and it doesn't matter exactly exactly. like you think it matters no one cares yes exactly right like uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it, it, it takes far more people. Like, yeah. you, you can't do it by yourself. And to, you know, keep up the standard as well. Like, you know, you need to, um, you know, if you want to be, like, a, a, an amazing business and, you know, an amazing coach and stuff, well, you need to, you know, um, have other things in place to make sure that it's able to, you know, like, if you want to be a really good support network, but, you know, you also need time to yourself. Like, you've got to make sure you've got, like, everything, you know, put in place to yeah fill up your own cup while still filling up everyone else's but then you know there's going to be times when yeah like you can't do it all on your own and you know I need to take a break as well or I need to go you know and spend time with my partner or whatever so it's like yeah yeah, having to bring in other people it's like it's a good thing and it was hard for me at the start because I'm someone who like just wanted to do it all Mm. and just you know I have very set and I ever I think everyone but all the podcasts and stuff I've listened to like every business person is the same and you know making that transition at the very start of hiring people and having your ways like ways set and the way you like to do things and the way you like to talk to people and um etc is like really hard but you just have to like kind of trust that you know 
you do what you're good at and let other people do what they're good at. Yeah, and then once you have that system so predefined, when people come in, your new members come in the future, they only know what they see now. Like it's harder when you have your original members that are attached to you, mm. but in, in a couple of years' time, they'll come on board and then you might be running less of the classes. Yeah. You might have a couple of different trainers and then you will just introduce it like, all right, here's how this world works. Yes. Welcome to this world. And that's it. And that was, yeah, I think that was something probably a few of my um, my very first clients probably struggled with at the start was like, they were so used to me being there 24-7 and, you know, me being able to attend to them 24-7. But it's like business is hard. Like it is – it's a lot more than what meets the eye. Like there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes. There's yeah. a lot of work you need to do. Like um, like I wish I could be at every class. That's the easy part of the job. Like yeah. the, being able to see you guys is the easiest part. Like I wish that that's all it, it was, but it's not. So, yeah, I think my, my original clients, like I think making that transition was hard because a lot of people like – um, were there for me and were there for um, the way I coach and the way I like the way I am um, but that's another thing like Jordan's amazing and like she is just as good as me like yeah. um, like she you know will do everything the same but it's just yeah now that everyone's comfortable and stuff they've kind of realized that but I think yeah that initial kind of yeah um, transition was hard for people and if they've been there long enough and you're really thinking that you're empowering people then they shouldn't need to be dependent on you exactly like, exactly it's like, oh, we're, we're i've educated them enough yeah, yeah. it's like you've got a system here that can help you if yeah. you're creating reasons still yeah that me pulling away will inhibit you moving forward then you you haven't got it exactly right yes exactly right yeah cool so uh let's wrap it up there but yep. it was so good to have you on thank you so uh, much so for having me everyone listening if they're looking to reach out to you if they're looking to visit your gym where, where's your gym at in carrington so we're in carrington um it's two slash 91 lot street carrington yeah and where can they find you um so best place is instagram um yep. we do have facebook but I'm not great on the Facebook. Um, so Millie Marshall Fitness or Millie underscore Marshall. Yep, cool. All yep. right, well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on the Brendan Osborne Podcast. 